Hey, this is Matt, the host of the show, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. Your support of the show just by you listening each and every week and even by sharing it, if you do that with a friend, uh, it means a lot. I am very fortunate to be able to speak with the number of people that I do about the club that we all love. Um, I recognize that I am very fortunate in that. So thanks. Thanks for listening. Um, That said, the show doesn't have any advertisements or sponsors, and I do that partially because I want to make sure that I am in full control of, of who we get to talk to, that nobody is ever looking down and saying, oh, we don't want you to talk to that or them, or we want you to say this. That doesn't happen. Um, so no sponsorships, no advertisements here in the show, nothing uh, trying to be sold to you or anything like that. That said, the people who help support the show, the members of the Patreon community, uh, thank you to you, especially because you help make the show possible. It's not free. Uh, it's not necessarily overly expensive but it's definitely not free. So that said, thank you to you. If you're interested in becoming a part of the Patreon community, you can do that. Um, There are links in the show notes, or you can head over to patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. You get some bonuses if you do. Everything from an extra podcast episode a month to a private group chat and a couple of other benefits. So uh, head on over there if you're interested. If not, just enjoy the show. All right, here we go. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. We don't lose a match, either we win or we learn. And today we learned. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And by the time you listen to this, uh, you may very well know the result of the match uh, that has taken place in China. You will definitely know the result of the, the Preston match. You will know who has gone to China, who has gone to Ireland, uh, and you can make of it what you will. But we won't really talk about any of that this week on the show because uh, that's not the focus. The focus this week is the Southampton Women's Football Club, and I'm joined. Um, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Aaron Smith and Lee Hurl, the uh, manager and assistant of the club. Uh, if you want to get in touch with them on Twitter, you can do that. Um, Aaron is at West Spice, and Lee is at LH Football. That's F U T E B O L. Um, but I'm recording all of this uh, before any of that. So uh, this interview was recorded last week before. Uh, I went down to Arsenal with my son, uh, Arsenal against Bayern Munich. Uh, he learned lots of interesting new language, which I'm not sure was that new, but new context for the language, which I think is probably okay. Um, and we followed that up with a family reunion. And now my wife and I are away on our 10 year anniversary. So uh, that is not the focus of this week, but that is why this episode was recorded so far in advance. And that's why I don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict the future um, other than I hope a couple of players leave, but that's not really a prediction. It's more of a hope. So um, anyway, 
Uh, this week, we're going to talk with Aaron and Lee. We get to talk about uh, Aaron has been at the club before, but he's come back to the club. Lee has never been at the Southampton Women's Football Club before. So they are they are there. They are now in charge and they are looking to uh, gain promotion yet again with the club. So uh, we get to talk about all that, their plans, what's changed. There's been a lot lots of stuff going on there. So we'll keep you up to date with that. And um, I should mention they have a, a friendly with Spurs coming up next week. So on Sunday, uh, they will have a friendly with Spurs. You should go. Um, you should take whoever it is that likes football. You should go watch them. You should support them. Uh, they are a local team. So uh, I'll throw that out there. I'd just like to thank Haley Newman for uh, helping me set this up and also Elliot James Hunt for uh, his help in uh, getting this whole thing started once again. It's always a pleasure to work with the South Haven Women's Football Club. And uh, let's jump into my conversation with Aaron and Lee. like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Aaron Smith and Lee Hurl, uh, the coaching staff or the manager and the assistant uh, of the Southampton Women's Football Club. Um, guys, thanks for joining me uh, and welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, um, you guys are uh, are out and, 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 and together and, and I think getting ready to go do some some work of some sort. So uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to, to do this. But um, I think, you know, we're, we're, a couple, we're a couple of weeks away from the start of, of your season. And uh, just, you know, before we kind of get into getting to know you guys a little bit for those, uh, those of us who don't know you, um, you, you know, how is, how is preseason kind of shaping up for, for you, you two? Um, for, for me, it's going really well. We, we planned our preseason methodically um, a, a couple of months ago when we realized that we were coming to the club. We're two games in. We've got a, a massive game on Sunday against Oxford, who are the tier above us. And that's going to be a great game because they're a good footballing team. I know their manager well and he's got them well drilled. We then the following week, so a week on Sunday, we have Spurs, which is going to be amazing. To play against a now fully professional English women's Super League team is exciting. I can't wait. And it's obviously at East's Football Club ground, um, which is a Silver Lake Stadium. So that's a you know, fantastic ground against an amazing team. And we should be, you know, we should be able to hold our own as much as we can um, against Spurs because we're a little bit further on in our pre-season what they are because um, their players obviously are professionals so they, um, they're on different sort of um, time constraints to what we are when they start their pre-season. And, and would any of them have been away on international duty uh, over, over the course of the, uh, uh, of the summer by any chance? Uh, yeah, some of them would have. Um, they've got a defender, uh, Rhea Percival, who plays for New Zealand so she was at the World Cup with them. Um, to be fair though, most of the rest of the squad are sort of young English players so they may have been playing in age group internationals but I think Rhea Percival was the only one that was at the World Cup but they signed a lot of players who have been previous internationals like Gemma Davison who used to uh, play for Chelsea um, and went to the last World Cup with England so uh, yeah they're going to be strong but their season doesn't start until mid-September because of the World Cup um, obviously a lot of players in that league are in the World Cup so they're, they start a lot later than us they're about three weeks behind in terms of when their competitive season starts but still a good chance for, for you and, and the team to get some experience against uh, some, some, like you said, fully professional players. And then also a chance for some of the, uh, the, the supporters and the fans to come out and watch, uh, you know, some players who were at the World Cup and, and players who may be at future World Cups, um, you know, uh, for just a couple of pounds. So I, I think that'll be it'll be a good, uh, a good test for you. Um, and just so people maybe as people aren't as familiar with the the women's kind of football structure, how, how many leagues above, um, above where you are now, where the South End women's team is now are Spurs. 
Okay, so Spurs are Super League, which is the top league. Um, then underneath that, you have the Championship. And then you, underneath that, you have what is Tier 3, which would be um, the level that Lee and I were at last year with Chichester. And then underneath that level, you have um, Tier 4, which is the league that Southampton women are in. So we are currently three leagues below where Spurs are now. All right, all right. Uh, so it'll be a good test. It'll be a good test for, for, for everybody okay, there. Okay. And um, you, you mentioned there that you were at a, a different club last year, and you two have been coaching together, I think, for, for previous seasons. Uh, from what I can tell. And, um, you know, so, so I guess just we'll, we'll start with you, Lee, and, and just uh, give us an idea of kind of, uh, of how you got into to football coaching, I guess. And, uh, and then Aaron will follow up with you just after that. Um, yeah, I was playing um, sort of semi-pro level uh, as a goalkeeper until I was 25 and I'd had a couple of bad knee injuries. So I moved into coaching. Um, I coached junior football uh, for a little while. And then I first got involved in women's football uh, funny enough, at Portsmouth, <laughs> uh, which was uh, an odd move as a Saints fan, um, but it was uh, it was a good level, good club with other good coaches that I could learn from. So I started there, working with their um, sort of development team, the second team, and sort of helping out with the first team when I could. Um, we won the league, the Tier Three league, 2014-15 season, um, but lost the playoff to go up. Um, so I ended up moving to join a club called Bristol City who are in the Super League um, coaching their under-17s and their development team um, spent a season there before moving to Canada um, I was director of coaching uh, on the girls side at a club in Toronto um, before I came back to the UK coached the under-16s at Brighton's women's uh, setup for a year uh, and then uh, I left there because of the travel commitments it was a bit too far from where I live in Hampshire and uh um, Aaron got in touch with me because he was uh, just about to be announced as the manager at Chichester and uh, um, he needed someone else in there. So I, uh, I went in. So last season was actually only our first season working together, but um, we came third in that league. I think we were pretty successful. We enjoyed working with each other. Um, so, uh, yeah, when the opportunity came on to move this season, uh, yeah, it was a natural choice to follow him. All right. And then Aaron, I mean, what role did did kind of, um, I mean, Lee mentioned he was a, is a, a, a Southampton fan. I don't know. I don't know if you're from the area or not, but what kind of brought you into, into football in general and then, and then eventually into the coaching side of it? So I'm from Luton originally. Um, and I moved down here, um, and I've been down here about, uh, 10, 11 years. And I, I was on a coaching course with a coach called Aaron Wallace, who's at Southampton women. And I was doing my coaching course in Hampshire with him and, he, I didn't have a team at the time and I just wanted to get into coaching because I was playing a good level, but because of shift work, I was struggling to maintain that level. And also I'm you know, 40 this year. So the injury stopped. You know, a, a week long injury was dragging on to three or four weeks at this point. So I, I realized I had to stop playing. So I had to take up coaching. That's what I wanted to do. And yeah, Aaron got me down to Southampton women training where I met Fran Alongo mm-hmm. and Simon and Fran was amazing. I, after two minutes of speaking with him, I knew that, you know, Southampton was going to be the club that I could sort of um, attach, myself, attach myself to to do my coaching badges. And it was brilliant. I worked as Fran's cone boy, basically, for a couple of weeks, picking up cones, picking up equipment, laying it all out. So his session ran nice and smoothly. And then we all know that Fran then went to Everton um, and that was that opened up a, a gap, if you like, as the reserve team manager, because Simon then went up to take the first team. 
and I got put in as the first team manager, sorry, the reserve team manager at Southampton Women. And that was it and went from there. So that was three seasons ago, the start of, yeah, about three years ago now that I was put in that place. And we did well. We won the league, undefeated that season. It was amazing. And then I got um, asked to go to Portsmouth first team and be the assistant manager there. And then I moved on to Chichester where I took the manager's job. And it's good to be back at Southampton because I think where I've learned from, you know, I've worked in the bottom. I've been a cone boy. I've got hardly any experience compared to where Lee's been at all the academies. And I think that's why we work really well together. <laughs> um, he's got so much experience and, you know, and I, and I love him to bits and he's so geeky about certain things. And it's really good because where he's strong, I'm weak. And that, that can only be a good thing for me because I'm learning off of him. Um, every session he's delivering, I'm learning something from him. Well, that's, I mean, that's really good. It sounds like you guys have a decent working relationship and I mean, you have some experience at the club, it sounds like, and, and it's probably, I guess, it, like you said, it is nice to be, to be back. And do you find that, that, uh, having gone away and, and come back that, uh, you still recognize some of the players that are there and, and there's, you still have some of that relationship of some of the people moved up from, um, from maybe the reserve team or maybe some of the, uh, the younger squad, uh, up to this, to the senior level. And do you know what? That's I think that's the best thing for me is the players that I had in my team in that reserve team uh, three years ago. The likes of Amy Barnett, um, Phil as well, Holden. She was playing for us in the reserves. Um, they're now first team players, and they're they're be first team players next season as well because they're absolutely um, smashing pre season. They're doing really well, performing well. The attitude from them is amazing. And it's nice to see that they've worked their way up through the system. And then also we look at. The younger players, we've got Jen King, Tia Hooper, um, they've worked through as well. There's a young girl, Mia Inglis, who played for us um, against Winchester in a friendly a couple of weeks ago and scored on her first team debut, basically. And you think the, the youth setup that Southampton Women is second to none in the area. It's fantastic. And now they're starting to feed through into the first team and the reserve team squads. It's really promising for the future. But it's nice to be back. And it's nice to actually be back and be welcomed back because, you know, when I left, I was a bit worried about coming back thinking, oh, you know, what are the players going to be like towards me? And I'll be honest, it's like I've never been away. It's been brilliant. Yeah, well, you, 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 see, you, see, you both seem to have touched the, uh, the dark side over there. And, and, and I guess <laughs> we can forgive you for, for yeah. that. Um, but not, not to get away from, from the women's team, but uh, it, I mean, how excited are you about Luton uh, in last season? Yeah, very. Okay. Especially when I've been in um, no, it, I was very excited. It, it's brilliant. Um, it's a shame that I don't get to go to any of the games um, as much as I'd like to, but I went down to Fratton Park to watch them on um, the first game of last season, which was really good. And uh, there, there is one other uh, Southampton um, guy who does a lot of media for, for everything, and he's originally from Luton, and he doesn't like to say that he's a Luton fan. Um, just He doesn't <laughs> want anybody to get, get, get mad at him, but uh, I, I secretly text him on the side you because I was happy. It. You need to embrace it. Um, I mean, so Lee, when, when you first got into coaching and, and you've done, I think you've done both, both men's and women's football, but I mean, what, is there anything that's difficult about co- coming in and coaching a, a, a women's team uh, versus coaching a, a men's team? Uh, yeah, there's a few, a few differences. Um, not sort of vastly different. At the end of the day, they're, they're football players. Um, the game's the same. Um, the way people might communicate with players has to be slightly different, but I think football's changing like that, you know, across the board anyway. I think the days of people just screaming instructions at people and, you know, I think, I think that's, that's dying in the men's game as well, but certainly in the women's game, you needed to, uh, you know, 
be a little bit more calm and rational in the way you talk to people and um there's there's a lot less uh, aggression around the game shall we say which is um i think one of the reasons uh why i enjoy coaching it so much and the, the players are a lot more coachable i found in the women's game as well whereas you know you're coaching guys there's a lot of egos everyone thinks they know best and uh um i found uh female players are um i think they're better learners than male players uh, is one thing that, that i think has been really apparent in the i think how many six years i've been coaching in women's football now and Aaron, have you found have you found that to be to be similar? Where maybe the the egos aren't there as much in in terms of if you walk into a men's team and people start trying to size you up and ask you what level you played at and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think there's there's a big difference. The the the, the sort of the women's players don't seem to care where you've come from as much as long as they're getting a good coaching and a good management. But the the, the best thing I can say is that like listening to Lee there, the first game I had for Science and Women was my first ever women's football game and it was a friendly against New Milton and we were 1-0 down at half time and we should not have been 1-0 down with the team we had and I absolutely tore into them at half time because they had been training brilliantly well they got to the game the warm-up was great all of a sudden half time they just collapsed and I did what I'd seen a million men do in front of me you know my managers uh, in the men's game was shout and scream and tell them that they weren't good enough at that time and this is what we're going to do to get it better and after the game I had Kirsty Bell who was a fantastic captain for us um, for our club for years brilliant lovely girl she came up to me after the game and said Smith you can't talk to women like that in this game you need to um, sort of change your approach on that and that was a massive learning curve for me and sure enough I now I would never go back to that staying calm staying composed during the team talk um, giving the players giving the players input as well because I never really had that even though I was playing at a very good level the manager would come in shout and scream and that would be it he'd walk out and that would be the end of it actually what we like to do is ask the players to problem solve from the times or ask them what you know walk into the change room and say right what have you seen you tell us and then we can give them our side of it as well because you know you can be coaching from the side and managing from the side and actually missing things because you're sorting the substitutes out or worried about something going on a certain area of the pitch that you're missing things on the pitch and I think it's important to get that view from the players and that's the biggest thing I've found is the communication that's the biggest thing I've found between the two different the two sort of um, um, games yeah I still have uh, very distinct memories of things that were told to me on 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 the field um, one of them <laughs> by a guy who is about to retire I currently work with him because uh, he's uh, now I'm a teacher at the school that I went to and, and played baseball at and uh, I remember middle of, uh, we played two games in one day, and one of the things he said to me was, uh, Mark Stone, there's a lot of places that you belong, but on this baseball field is not one of them. Um, and, and by the way, you're going to bat third next game and, and catch. And I was like, well, great. But uh, I guess I responded well to that stuff. But I've, I've, I've had to learn from coaching my own kids that that's not, uh, I don't know, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't, maybe that's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say old school, but maybe that's just the way it is. But uh, yeah, and it's good that you, yep. you've, you, you've been able to kind of pick those things up and, and and that that Kirsty was able to you know were willing to to speak to you about it I guess. Oh yeah, Kirsty is willing to speak about anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's not afraid to tell you. I'll tell you that right now. But I like that. That's how I'd rather be. You know, you don't want players going behind your back. You want to be told straight away. Then if you're told something's wrong, you can fix it. If you're not told it's wrong, how are you supposed to fix it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, coming in at the end of last season or just after the season was over last year um what were maybe some of the first things that you you looked to do um obviously aaron you had a little bit of of 
uh, experience with the club, but Lee, you were kind of new to it. But um, what were some of the things you, you looked at and said, okay, this is what we need to do after, um, because, because they, there were several years there, I think three consecutive years of promotion and then two years of being close and, and falling just short. And, and so, so what did you guys, I guess, come in and identify as, as what you needed to do to, to try to get over the, over the hump? Um, uh, that was a long list. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was training times and contact time with players. So I think we were training on a, say a Tuesday for one hour, then a Thursday for an hour and a bit. And that wasn't enough for me. I wanted four hours contact time with the players. So we would train twice a week, two hours each session. And that gives us then time to actually have a session without rushing things. We've got players come from all over. You don't want a player driving for an hour from north of Oxford to get the training to only train for an hour. It just wasn't worth it for them. And their fitness levels when we arrived were not good enough. And so what we've done is we've upped the training to four hours now every single week. We have um, a strength and conditioning coach, Tom, who's now involved with us. So that's obviously going to improve their fitness. We have a physio full-time now. So he's here every Tuesday. We can do clinics with him. He's there every match day with him as well. Um, I was also there on Skype or on the phone if they've got any injuries. Because obviously we want to push them. We want to be back in Tier 3 as soon as we can. And it's going to be difficult this year because Southampton, you know, FC women are in our league. And it's going to be tough. But we want to be back in Tier 3. So... With the strength and conditioning, physio, um, nutritionist, psychologist, we've given them everything we can to say, look, last two seasons, you have been so close to going up. It's just that, that last step. And in our league, you know, you can look at it the last two years at the results. If you lose one or two games in this league, it gets extremely hard to get out. So you've got to be concentrating. You need your fitness to be good because if you switch off for that 10 seconds in a game and you can see the goal and go one nil down as Southampton found out last year. You go one nil down it's, and the other team just want to bank up against you. It's, it's difficult to break that down. And that's why you need to be concentrating, which means you need to be eating the right thing for a match day. You need to make sure that your fitness is good. Make sure that you know, you've got nothing on your mind during the game or before the game and you're coming in the right frame of mind. So that was one thing. Well, lots of things we put in for the sort of sports science side, but... For me, a big thing is away games. They didn't travel um, in a minibus to away games. And I really like the idea of the whole minibus thing because one thing that will give players um, a little bit of a boost is other players and or are, or are other players. So if you're going up in a minibus and you're singing and they all like to sing along to Great Showman or whatever the, the new tune is they like to sing along, and we're all sitting in the front end to listen to it. But I don't mind that because they're all having fun in the back and they're playing games. And they're all talking to each other and they're bonding. And I think that's massive. But last year when Southampton were going to away games, what they do is they go in separate cars. And so for us this season, one big thing that I've done is change it. So we now have a transport sponsor and a minibus. And what we're going to do is every single away game, we get in the minibus and we go together. And we go as a team, we arrive as a team, and we play as a team. I guess that is a really big, uh, that is a big part of it. And, and you're right. Like the team builds off of one another and just the, you know, the, sometimes if you wake up on a match day and you're not for whatever reason, you know, just, just enthusiastic or there's something, just something bugging you and you're by yourself and allowed to sit with that for too long. Um, you know, it might take a while to, to, to change that and getting around the other teammates who are, who are, who are, you know, maybe not, or maybe feeling a little bit better than you or whatever. That, that, that sounds like a good way to, to kind of yeah. 
you, and, you, and, and as a ma- as a manager, sorry, you're on a on a bus. Once you get halfway through the journey, you can tell how the players are going to be when you arrive. Mm-hmm. You can tell the ones that look tired. You can tell the ones that sort of maybe have got something else going on from their body language. That if you're, you know, you if you know, Lee and I are doing our job right, we should be able to pick up on the body language and stuff like that. Which means that when we get to the ground, or even before we get there, when we get to the spot, we can have a little chat with the player and make sure everything is okay. So you're not just arriving at the ground in your own car, then by the time you figured out the player's got something wrong, that could be 20 minutes into the game. So we're preventing all of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned sponsorship there, Aaron, and, and I just want to take, take a second to remind people that, that both the club um, and, and, and individual players and even, even managers require sponsors at this level because it's, it is expensive to be able to, to run the team. Um, and, and I mean, to the point where, uh, there was another team in Southampton just recently that, uh, the Southampton saints girls and ladies FC, they have officially kind of shut their, their doors as a club beca- and, and, you know, speaking to you beforehand, it's, it's, it's somewhat due to, to lack of sponsors. And, and now there are a lot of teams kind of competing for, uh, for players and for sponsorships and everything else. So, um, I'd like to take a second just to say that, um, anybody out there who is, you know, interested in, in taking part in sponsoring one of the players or one of the managers or just the club in general, um, that, that is welcome. And, and we have contact information in the show notes so people can, can do that. Um, and, and I don't know if you know offhand, either of you, uh, you know, how many players are still looking for, uh, sponsorship and things like that. Yeah, there are still players without sponsorship, um, a handful of them. So, and their first team is, so, we're looking for, you know, three to four hundred pounds per player for a sponsor. And it means that, you know, we're trying to build sort of people that are gonna um inspire young girls to play football now. Like we've like I said before, we're playing Spurs in two weeks and we you know, under sixteens are getting free to that game. So we want we want young girls in the schools to come and watch Spurs, come and watch us and say, Look, one day I wanna be there and we can't put the players out on the pitch to do that without the sponsorship. And it is it's uh, it's such a difficult thing where I've, I've gone to Amanda, our club secretary, and said, look, we want to train four hours a week because we need to get out of this league. To do that, to train four hours a week, well, the, the, the training um, budget has just been completely blown open and that's now twice as much. So for the girls to be able to play football and not be charged a penny, because they shouldn't really at this level. This is tier four. You know, it's the equivalent of men's league two. So I think that's the big thing and people don't realise is tier four a very, very good league. It's a very good level. It's a national league. Um, we're in the FA Cup, you know, with teams in our league, in our tier now that got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. They, you know, it's, it's, and got to the final of the League Cup, actually, saying that as well. Um, it's a very good, very good level. And we want players to be able to do it without the worry of saying, oh, you're going to have to pay £200 here or £55 here. And we really want to try and get away from that. I mean, would there, I mean, there's, there's no, I guess I uh, maybe maybe this isn't a, a great time to do this maybe it is I, I don't know but we're going to I'm going to try it anyway. Um <laughs> just I mean e- the payment and and payment uh pay for play and things like that have been issues in the United States and and uh, obviously with the US women's national team I don't know how you feel about Megan Rapino but a lot of people over here uh about half the country really likes her. Um uh, we'll leave it at that. But um I, I mean for, for for you when you look at you mentioned the kind of disparity where you have players still paying to play and you know people in in league two are essentially fully professional for and on the men's side of things um 
isn't that starting to be noticed maybe more and more as a result of the World Cup or, or anything else? Or, or do, do, you, do you see that at all? I think the first thing you've got to do is look at the FA Cup. Now, I, we understand that we're not getting the same many people, the same amount of people through our gate um, as the equivalent in the men's tier four. But the FA Cup, um, I think if we get through one round of the FA Cup, we get about um, £900 in the first round. Mm-hmm. But I've got friends that manage at Wessex level which is, um, I'm sure, Lee, what tier is Wessex? Ninth or tenth. Ninth or tenth. So if they win their first FA Cup game, they get about 3,000. That's three times the amount just to win in one game. And that just goes to show you. And then that, that just increases time and time and time again. And when I was with Chichester, um, we ended up playing Liverpool in the last 16 of the FA Cup. And, you know, you think last 16 of the FA Cup, this is a big game. And I think the winner of that game only got £3,000. Um, but you, I don't know what it is in a men's game, but if you tell me that the last 16 win a game of football and only get £3,000, I'll be very surprised. And I don't want the same as the men, because I think, I think that would be ridiculous. But I think that there is a still a lot that the women's game can do to um, bring the money in, especially now it's good that Barclays has sponsored the Super League. But we're hoping that some of that money is going to feed its way down the tiers. Yeah, at the end of the day, there's a lot of players at Super League level that came from the levels below um, so I think if, if all the investment goes into just the top level um, and doesn't filter down at all, I think that's quite dangerous because then a lot of clubs, you know, they get a lot of money. They start bringing players in from abroad and, and the English game suffers as a result. Players at the grassroots level still don't get to kick on. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how the whole Barclays thing filters down. Talking about the Premier League taking over the Super League from the FA as well, uh, which has been a new story recently. So... Um, it's interesting to see how it will shape up and, and whether or not it filters all the way down or just gets concentrated at the top. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a big kind of an issue here and, and I think everywhere. And I think it's good that uh, I, I think the longer we can keep uh, kind of directing people's eyes back towards uh, some of the things that are happening and, and, and what role just, just finances themselves play and, and just being able to play football for a lot of the people involved at, at the level that you guys are coaching at, um, I think is important. So um, I hope that, that people one reach out and sponsor here. And I hope that some of that money does, does come down and you guys can continue to, to improve and that, uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's my, my hope for it. And I think just drawing attention back to it again and again and again, eventually we'll hopefully uh, get a little, get a little, get a little better. And I mean, the chance to play Spurs that that should direct some attention towards you. And it's hopefully you have a, I'm, I'm hoping you guys have a really good showing and that way uh, people will kind of go, Hey, like there's, there's something there. We should, we should pay attention to this. Um, I want to jump back to, to your schedule. Your schedule was recently released. Um, I mean, and as you mentioned, you know, just one, one or two losses in your league because only one team gets promoted to the next division. Uh, it mm-hmm. becomes a, a really, really a, a tough slog where every game is important. Um, but are there any, any matches that, uh, maybe the, the girls looked at and said, okay, like these are, these are the ones that, that, um, that stand out to us, even though we know all of them are important. Um, I'd say the, the game against obviously Samson and FC, uh, women's going to be huge. Um, cause obviously the, the, the men's club had no affiliation with the women's team, um, for a number of years. And now they're putting investment into a team. Uh, they've had a couple of back-to-back promotions and come up to this level. Um, so I think that one's going to be uh, really interesting. Obviously, they're coached by Marion Spacey, who was 
the England assistant manager at the 2015 World Cup. They're training at Staplewood. So uh, I think they're going to be maybe surprised by the fact that, you know, just how much teams will raise their game against them. Because I think they're going to be a cup final for a lot of teams this year, which might allow us to go under the radar a little bit. Because I think previously Southampton have seen, or Southampton Women's FC, the one that, you know, the club we're at were seen as one of the biggest scouts in the league. But now that might have taken the heat off us a little bit. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, that'll be a big one for sure. We're playing them in a midweek game, so it'll be under lights midweek. Big, big crowd probably as well. So um, you can't not get excited by those games. And, I mean, this might be a, a nerve for some people, but aren't they playing at the same stadium that you <gasps> used to play at? I can't believe you brought that up. I can't Sorry. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to be playing at AFC Totten. But, you know, we're, we've got um, a home ground we'll, we'll be announcing very soon, which is... Um, a fantastic ground and again we, we like we've mentioned on social media we, we're a partnership with Eastleigh FC so a couple of our games are going to be held um, at the Silver Lake this season coming so yeah they can have Totten Totten looks really nice their pitch is good the ground Smithman's Lampson's obviously done some work there as well it looks really nice but again like Lee said that's going to be a cup final some teams are going to be going to Southampton every single week now and they're going to be looking at that pitch thinking oh it's a nice pitch I want to play on here um, it's exciting, but I think some of the some of the players have told me. I think Cheltenham, because I think they lost uh, to Cheltenham last season um, and drew with them, so they owe the players uh, sort of regret those games. They said they switched off and they should not have lost those games. But we'll see. I think we're going to take uh, it's a bit of a cliche. We'll take every week as it goes because this, like this league, is it's this league is the equivalent of the men's championship league. It's so hard to get out of. If you lose two games, you you won't get promoted. If you lose one game, the pressure's on, and you know you're going to some grounds that there's some nice grounds in this league. There's also some absolutely horrendous grounds in this league. And <laughs> if you get one of those horrendous grounds in the middle of winter, then you know, and you want to be a footballing team and play football from the back like we do, then you're going to struggle. So you have to adapt. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. I when I when I first learned of the how promotion worked from the league you guys are in, I was, I was blown away because it just seems, it seems almost ridiculous that that's how it works. But, um, you know, I, I guess that, that is, that it is just what it is. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta deal with it, I guess. But, um, I mean, well, it's that, like, he, like he said earlier, like when he was at Portsmouth, they won the league and they, then you go, you win the league, the Northern league winner plays you in a playoff. And only one team goes through. So you can win your league, be undefeated all season, concede a last-minute penalty. Was it a last-minute penalty or last-five-minute penalty? Uh, it, it, was, it was in open play, but it was in injury time. Oh. You've let a goal in injury, injury time at the end of 90 minutes and your season's over because you don't get promoted. That It's just savage. Yeah. I, I almost feel bad for them. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I, I know that any, I, I hate to see, you hate to see that happen to anybody. Um, and especially knowing, uh, having talked to several of the players from the South End women's football club, just knowing how hard they work and kind of the, I guess kind of the, the, the role that football plays in their lives and how much they actually do structure their weeks and weekends around playing for the club and how seriously they take it and how much they want to get, uh, back to full fitness when they get injured, um, to have that happen, uh, would, would be, would be devastating. And, and you, you, you don't want that, but, um, I mean, looking at the last two years and, and you guys coming in, uh, how, what are the attitudes of most of the players like, 
uh, coming into the season, knowing that they've kind of fallen just short the past couple of seasons. It does hurt them. Um, yeah, I, I think they seem pretty determined. Um, we haven't seen anyone in preseason that's, um, you know, sort of dwelling on it or anything like that. Um, everyone looks really focused, working really hard. Um, and obviously, you know, um, we'll have some players coming in from other clubs as well who uh, every, everyone, the attitudes have been really good in preseason. So um, I don't think anyone's dwelling on it. And there's a real determination, especially with, you know, the other Southampton club coming up as well. Um, that adds a little bit of spice to it. I think they're probably assuming they're going to get promoted. So uh, I think there's the added incentive of ruining their party as well a little bit. Aaron, do you, do you have anything to add there? Or are you are you, you kind of in agreement with Lee there? Um, I think that since I've come back into the club, it's been a breath of fresh air to see you know our squad of 18 players wanting to learn, wanting to train. They have all they are all driven to win this league. They felt that heartbreak two years in a row. And I think that's made them stronger, genuinely do. And they know what it feels like to lose and, and they don't like it. Because like Southampton, we, we won uh, league after league after league under Fran and Simon, went up and they struggled in this league. And it just goes to show this league is not easy. And Southampton have won league after league. And now they're in this situation that we were in a few years ago. But we now have two years experience in this league playing against women that We'll bite, we'll scratch, we'll pull your hair on corners and things like that. Now, this is, <laughs> this is a, it's a hard level, it's a hard level. And we're ready for it and the players are ready for it and they do not want to spend another season in this division um, having only lost, I think, three games, four games in two years and still not gone up either year. So it's crazy. But their attitude has been fantastic. And with Fran and Simon previously, they, they've got such good foundations. So we're finding that when we go in and run a session... It's great because we, they've got such good foundations. Actually, what we're teaching them, they're already a couple of steps into what we want um, before we even start the session. So it's really good. Awesome. Um, I mean, coming into the season and, and based on what's happened in the past, and it, it sounds like promotion obviously is the is the goal and has been. But have you have you laid out or has the team kind of set set up any goals for themselves or, or with with your assistance or have you set out any goals for the team uh, in terms of of what you two are, are hoping to achieve this year? Um, the, the problem with the setting goals is that it puts pressure on the players so we're, we're not going to set goals um, with the players obviously we want promotion let's be honest everyone does that but you also look at the Hampshire Cup Portsmouth have won it the last 12 years in a row so it'll be nice to be the first team in 12 years to take it off for them after losing in the final for the last couple of years but my challenge to the players is let's just go out there and let's not make the mistakes that we were, we have been making the last two years. Um, let's make sure that our concentration levels are high and make sure intensity is high. Make sure that um, you know we're doing what's asked of us all. And that includes the staff as well. So the staff have been given targets, but the players haven't been given any targets. Uh, like we must win the league. We must win the Hampshire Cup. We must get to X round on the FA Cup. But the staff have been given challenges because um, they need to hit these targets, obviously. Yeah, I think I think that makes that makes sense. And, uh, obviously, everybody that's that's involved with the club has has things going on outside of outside of the team, and and they obviously all everybody wants promotion. There's no need to add, I guess, pressure to that. Um, but I, I mean, any anything that that has stood out to you as as you've gone through this opening couple of rounds of preseason and and as you're getting ready that maybe maybe we haven't talked about or have we haven't we haven't asked about it yet? Um, not really. No, I just want to um, echo what Smithy said with. The players that have worked here under Fran and Simon before, it's been really good to be able to look to 
see where we can build on top of that rather than having to spend a lot of time working on the basics. Um, you know, like, like you said, the, the, the foundations are really good here. Um, and we've obviously been racking our brains to find, you know, where the, the little gains are that we can make that will make the difference this season um, compared to the last season. So, um, yeah, it's just been, and it's been nice for us personally just to get back into it as well. Um, the summer break's not that long, but it feels long when you're out of it. So it's just been nice to get back out there, get back out doing sessions. Uh, we've got two games under our belt so far as well. And the sort of difficulty level increases as well. We played Winchester in our first game who, um, you know, it's a local game. We got a chance to use a lot of different players. Winchester are a good side as well. They've already beaten another side from our league in pre-season. So um, they were a good test. Then we played MK Dons uh, last Sunday who were from the league above. They're a tier three side that we know from our time at Chichester. And uh, that was another good test, another game where we played really well. And then, like I said earlier, we got Oxford this weekend who finished uh, fourth in tier three last year. So they're another really good team. So the levels go up each time and then obviously Spurs the week after that. So, um, you know, we're throwing these tests at the players and seeing how they cope. And so far they cope really well um, in the games and the sessions, which is good. I guess, do you, do you see them when they, when they go into a game like that, where they're playing a team that is a division above them or, or potentially, you know, uh, several divisions above them and they, they don't, they they don't look at that and kind of shy away and, and just say, well, they're supposed to be better than us. So we can, we, we, we take them no. and play out. They're, they're, they're up for it. No, definitely not. We, we run this team or we run this club like it's a tier two team. We, we expect high, we have a high level of expectation for the players and the staff. And we certainly um, want them to play football that if we do come up against a two, a tier three team, we should be able to hold our own. Even though we're in tier four, we've got players that have played in tier three. We've got um, players that should still be playing in tier three or even tier two. They're that good. So for us, we don't fear anybody. And, and I think that's, that's what the players need to understand that we are, we are well known. Southampton women are well known within the league structure. Um, and we found that when I found it, when I came in, I was asking managers for friendlies and managers were just jumping at the chance to play us because they know that, you know, the clubs run properly, that they, they, treat the referees and the officials correctly. You know, we're not getting bans for swearing at referees or shouting at referees um, and things like that. We do things right off the field with approaching players. We make sure that we, um, on social media, we have good social media now. Hayley Newman's our media manager and our social media this season and, and the fans will see that our media is now going to kick on another four or five steps with Hayley in charge of that. And it's really interesting. And it's good for us because, you know, we get, we've got a whole media team. We can film the games. We can analyze the games. Um, we've got a whole media team to push all this stuff on me, social media. So if there's players or fans that can't get to games, they can always stay updated on there. Um, so I think that's important to mention that, you know, on the field, we have got a great squad. The squad's ready. And we've got a squad all ready to go now for the first game of the season. If it was, if it was tomorrow, but I think off the field, I think that's the important stuff that we're putting in place as well, like the social media stuff, because let's be honest, um, not everyone can come to games, so you, like, like yourself, obviously. So you want to be able to follow us. And now with Twitter, um, you'll be able to follow Kick by Kick um, with Hayley doing it, and she's the best at it, and that's why we got her in. Yeah, I have benefited from the past. of, of uh, Oftentimes I'm finishing recording an episode of, of this show as as you guys are kicking off. And so then as I'm editing and getting things ready, it's, it's have the Twitter feed up and, and watch what's going on. And, 
um, look for maybe if there's a player that's injured their reaction to it on Twitter or whatever it is. So I, I definitely appreciate it. And I think it's important to, to kind of emphasize again, um, you mentioned that you run the club or, or everybody, the club is run as like as a tier two side. And, and you mentioned earlier the, you know, you, you have several uh, levels uh, of play from the reserves down to the, uh, the U16s and, and everything else. Um, you have a physio that's on hand for training sessions and for, for matches. Uh, you have a full-time or not full-time, but you have media coverage and a media team that's, that's, that's dedicated to the club. And, um, there is a, there's a lot that I think the club can offer fans and myself included and, and fans that are local. And also, uh, for some of the players that are coming in, looking for, for a club to play for, um, the, the club offers a lot of opportunity. And so, I mean, coming these from, volunteers, that's the thing. They're all volunteers. They're all volunteers. No one gets paid. No payers get played. No staff get paid. You know, I'm first team manager. I don't get paid. I don't get any money. And, and I don't want money. If I had any money, I'd put it straight back into the club because we want to get out of this league and we want to make sure that, you know, this is why when we were talking earlier about the sponsorships is we, we don't want the payers to have to play. We don't want any staff to have to play, pay for any of their kit because they're given 30 hours a week, um, you know, to the training. And it's not just the training, is it? It's you're getting the phone calls from players in between the training sessions or after a game on Sunday, you're getting players ring you moaning that they're not in the team, they're not in the squad or they've been injured. So you have to check up on them and all this stuff. That's the stuff I love doing, which is great because I like the management side and Lee loves the coaching side. And I think that's another reason we work so well. All right. Um, I mean, I think, I think you guys are set up to, to really give the, the, the league a go this year. And I know that um, just from some of the interactions I've had with players recently, that, that everybody's pretty excited about, about doing this. Um, and, and you've mentioned that everybody's coming in and, and are, they're ready to, to take their chances. And um, yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be really good. And I think that the, the fact that you have players complaining, they're not in the squad um, is good because uh, that means everybody's working hard and, and trying to get into it. So I think that's, that's, uh, that's important. So, uh, we have a couple of questions from people who are our listeners or people who follow on social media. Uh, so we'll, we'll, if you don't mind, we'll ask you a few of those right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Stay for it. All right. Um, I'm not always sure, especially cause some of them come from people you may or may not know. So we'll keep the names away from that. <laughs> um, but this, yeah. this one says, uh, there's nothing that's too dicey in here. Um, so says, which team do you see as your biggest challenge next season? We kind of touched on that a little bit, but uh, what do you, what do you think yeah. there? Uh, so that's an FC women, 100%. Yeah. Just the level of, um, level of investment that's going in there. Um, you know, when we talk about, we're trying to put as much in place as possible that the tier two sides have They're They're able to do that just because of the level of funding they've got. Um, you know, they've got full time paid staff there. Um, they're trying to attract players down from the higher league. So, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be a real, a real test for us. And, uh, there's some other good teams in the league though. I mean, look at the league last mm-hmm. year. Um, Cheltenham was strong, Buckland was strong, Chesham, uh, were up there as well. So we won't be, um, we won't be underestimating anyone. I mean, we're sitting here in our cars tonight about to go and watch um, a team in our league who finished, I think, what, eighth or ninth in the league last year? Yeah. And uh, we, we, we want to watch them, so we're doing our homework. We're, um, yeah, we, uh, we, we think Southampton will probably be the strongest side of the league, but we, we do our homework on everyone. Um, we make sure there's uh, nothing left to chance. And like, like I said earlier, like this, this league for me reflects 
like the men's championship, you can lose to a team at the bottom on a rainy day in December if you are not on it and you are not concentrating and you let in a, a sloppy goal from a corner and you go 1-0 down, it is such a struggle. You've just got to make sure the concentration levels are high. And this is the thing. Anyone in this league can beat anyone. That's the worry of this league. If you're not on it every single week after week after week, you slip up once, then the pressure is on. And then when the pressure's on, that's when you see players starting to crack, players starting to wobble, managers starting to wobble. And that's what we don't want. So that's why we need to make sure that we're ready every single week. All right. Um, another one here, uh, we have a question on equal pay, uh, that I think we kind of touched on already. So we'll, we'll leave that one, uh, alone, but, um, this one comes in and it says, uh, who do the players like more out of the two of you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> they hate me. I'm the manager. <laughs> the managers always hate you because I'm the one that drops them. So we always, when we pick a team, I'd always make sure I never pick a team without Lee having an input. And last year at Chichester, we had Matt Wright as well, who was the coach. And all three of us would always pick the team. But in the players' eyes, it's always the manager that drops them. It's, you know, it's one of the hardest things as a manager is to sit there before a game and tell a player the reason they're not playing. You know, we got to the cup final, the Sussex Cup final last year, and sitting there telling players that expected to play that they weren't playing in that cup final because of tactical reasons. It's so difficult. But again, you know, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to develop myself i'm here to develop the team i'm here to get this team out of this league and so you know i hope that you know people are going to like me and they do like me but they will fall out with me at some point because i'm the one that has to drop them i'm the one that has to tell them to stop messing around and training um whereas lee can be mr nice guy all the time can't you lee that's it i've got the easy life i get i get to play the good <laughs> cop and uh <laughs> but i think um I think I think we're, we're you know we like working with the players and they like working with us. Um, that's you know been evident I think from the session so far. And like Aaron said earlier on, we've got sort of different personalities, different skill sets. So you know we we can we can both benefit the players in different ways. We can offer them something different each. It's not sort of like we're a couple of clones. Um, and we challenge each other as well, which is good. Um, so, you say uh, clowns or clones? Clones. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's extremely important, and and especially given that, like you said, everybody's volunteering. So, uh, you know, it it maybe changes the dynamic a little bit. But the fact that the fact that everybody is is showing up and giving, you know, is dedicated to what you guys are trying to do, and and the every the whole it seems like the whole club is moving in the in the right direction, um, which I think is uh, extremely important, and and says a lot about the club and and the players and and you two as well. So. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm really happy uh, that that's the, that's the case. Um, just, I guess, I guess one or two more things, but, uh, I guess for you just at this level, uh, what's the hardest thing about coaching at this level, this particular level in the women's game? I'd say probably the contact time with the players. Um, you know, Aaron was talking about how we've tried to bump it up to four hours a week, which, you know, still is nowhere near enough to do what we really want to do. Um, you know, I've been lucky at some of the clubs I've been at before. We've been able to train three times a week. Um, but even then, it's, you know, it's a couple of hours in the evening. Players have got jobs or they're at uni, things like that. So football's not able to be their main focus. Um, it's a big focus in their lives and they give up a lot of time to it, but they still have to work. They still have to study. Um, so, you know, we have to take that into account as well. But, I mean, if, if we could have more training time, that would be, yeah, would be unreal and to work in the game full time. But 
we don't have that luxury at the moment. So I think that's that's one of the real big challenges. Um, and obviously that that links in with, um, with with finance, which we touched on earlier. All right, um, Aaron, is similar similar uh, for you, or anything anything different there? Yeah, finances. We're we're finding that there's teams in the tier above us that are paying players, and you know we want to attract the best players we can. And to do that, you have to offer them something other than the finances, which is why we have, like I said before, physio, nutritionists, psychologists, um, etc. Because we can offer them the best coaching and the best um, sort of sports science side that we can possibly offer, and that's that's a draw to bring them in. But what we find is, you bring them in, you start doing well. And we had this at Chichester last year. We got to Christmas, I think we'd played twelve, one eleven, which was a surprise to everybody, not us, but it was a surprise to everyone else outside the club. And players then started to be headhunted by other clubs because obviously you're doing well, and that's that's obviously good for us because we're developing the players, but. It's not great when you're getting all your best players are getting approached at Christmas time when you think you want to hit the second um, second half of the season. So I think it's difficult to try and keep hold of some players. And I've said to all the players, if a team above us come in for any of our players and they want to go and train, then we let them go and train because we think, well, you know, you know, our, we all want to be the highest, the highest possible club that we can be at in the highest possible level. And we'd never hold anyone back. And if it means that we've developed someone for six months of the season and then they go and play in tier two and they're getting paid to play and that's their job, then that's fantastic for us and it's fantastic for them. Yeah, as, as much as it makes your job a little bit harder uh, in the moment, it is ultimately what, what you're working towards, you know? Um, and I think, that's, I think that's also important. Um, so o- over the course of my time doing this, I've had the pleasure of speaking to uh, Kirsty, Emma, Izzy and just a number of other players and Becky as well. So, so I know there will be familiar faces on the pitch for you. And I know that, that new players are, are showing up to the club and they will be announced and given their proper time to, to be told and for, all, for us all to know, I guess, who's going to be on the field. So uh, people can look out for that. And, and uh, we, you mentioned Haley earlier uh, doing this, the, the club media, she'll be, uh, she'll be kind of in, in charge of that and the media releases will be coming. So, um, I will look forward to that. And I think, I think all of us will be ready to, to see how you guys kind of get on, uh, when the season, when the season fully kicks off. But, um, I just, I just want to say, uh, to, to both of you that I appreciate your time. I know you are out, uh, planning to, to, to do some scouting to tonight. Um, but just thank you for, for your time. Cause this is once again, you're volunteering an, an extra hour to talk to a dude in California who, uh, you know, <laughs> supports the team. So I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I would, I would love to, it's my pleasure, first of all, to be able to follow the team. Uh, and it's, it's an honor to be able to, uh, take, take a small part in, in hoping to, to spread, uh, what you guys have going on at the club, uh, to, to the listeners of the show. Thank you. We appreciate it. And we hope, you know, we hope that we can do you and all the other fans, you know, credit this year and perform well, not only perform well, but also play nice football. Cause that's at the end of the day, people come and watch football, don't they? They all want to see us lumping the ball from end to end so hopefully it'll be attractive football and it'll be winning games and getting us out of this league absolutely yeah and i'd say for anyone for anyone that's curious um you know about it or um wants to see what we're doing come down to the spurs game um at easily fc on the 28th of july because it's um i think it'd be a really good showcase for the players um and for the club yeah absolutely absolutely um and i i, I, I can say that just say one more thing sorry can i just say one more thing about the spurs game that we're we're running the competition because we we want mascots to walk out with the captains 
so what we're going to ask is that if um, anyone can go on our uh, Twitter, on Southampton Women's Twitter, and like the tweet that mentions the mascots and put on there who you think would be a really good mascot to walk out with the captains um, of our captain, Tash Angel, and also the captain of Spurs at the Silver Lake Stadium, you know, in front of a couple of hundred people. It, it, it's a good competition to win, and we really want to push that because we'd like, you know, like I said earlier, we want to try and inspire young footballers to, to try and push on and be, you know, be the next person that's running around on the field, um, you know, for Southampton or any club really. And then, you know, look at trying to get there to represent your country and then play in the World Cup. And, and you know, you got, like we said earlier, there is going to be players that play for Spurs that have been at the World Cup. So please, please, please go on our Twitter page and like the tweet, put someone's name that you think is going to be a good mascot and then into the competition. All right. All right. Um, well, Lee or Aaron, before we go, is there anything that you, I mean, I think we've, we've covered a, a lot of stuff and I made several mistakes, but I'll, I'll promise to make us sound uh, maybe smarter than we really are. Um, that's more for me than, than directed at you two, just so we're clear. But um, uh, I mean, I mean, any, anything else you'd like to say before we, before we wrap this up and I let you guys get on with your night? I'm not really just thanks. Thanks for having us. My, yeah, my same. Pleasure. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I'm happy to do it again. Let's do it again. I, I would love that. I would love that. does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Aaron Smith and Lee Hurl. You can find them on Twitter at West Spice and at LH Football. That is L-H-F-U-T-E-B-O-L. Special thanks this week also goes out to Haley Newman and to Elliot James Hunt for helping set these interviews up. And as a result, hopefully we're going to be able to bring you more coverage of the women's team as the season progresses because the club is doing amazing things, making big changes and hoping to be able to progress. Uh, and I'm happy to be along on that journey with them. So uh, if you have any media contacts up, get in touch with Haley. She is the media uh, person at the club. Now, if you're interested in sponsoring somebody at the club, uh, go ahead and visit the website or get in touch with Amanda Burrows, who is the club's secretary. Uh, you can visit their website, southamptonwfc.co.uk. That is the website you can go to. Uh, there are links in the show notes for all of it, social media, everything else. Uh, so you can follow them at S-O-T-O-N Women's FC on Twitter and Instagram or at facebook.com slash Southampton Women's FC. If you want to get in touch with this show on social media, it's at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on Twitter and Instagram. We're also at Facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. If you have a friend that you think might like the show, please send them to SouthamptonDelivery.com. There they can sign up for the newsletter. They can get links to the podcast. They can listen to older episodes of the show. There's a special section for that, actually. If you like the Southampton Women's Football Club stuff, uh, go over to the archive page and check out the Southampton Women's section. Uh, There are more episodes there for you to listen to. If you're interested in more things about Saints, you can get that from our partner page, the Southampton page. They are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There are links in the show notes, and they've also partnered with 90 Minute Football for the coming season. So you can expect articles and other things to be coming with that. The logo was designed by Matt Beeling, so thanks to Matt for doing that. Uh, the show never would have the show wouldn't even be in iTunes without him. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the initial credits that you just listened to, probably based on the time that it's taken me to record this, is Aim is True by Pontington Bear. Uh, that does it for this week. Please make sure to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss it. It will be out on Friday. Uh, and until next time, remember that together, we march on.